the Texas Longhorns, the Oklahoma Sooners. The 119th meeting between the two. It's in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Texas, during the Texas State Fair, the biggest state fair in the nation every year. Um, Texas and Oklahoma are both rolling right now. Oklahoma's got the edge on offense when it comes to yards per game and points per game. Not rushing, but overall in points. Texas has the nod on defense on every category, but points per game, I think that is due to the competition as well. Oklahoma hasn't played the level of competition that Texas has at the moment. But Facts. we saw we saw the last two years, Texas last year dominated the Oklahoma Sooners, won 49-0, and they were dominating them in 2021. But here comes Caleb Williams. The right, you know, the rest was history. We were up 28-7, 35-17, 41-23. So we saw what happened in the last two years. It's been a, a, a two different stories. All about the balls podcast. With Mark Davis, Chris Kamihart, Luke Rule, and Nick the Doc Skirkowitz. Hello and welcome to All About the Balls Podcast. I'm Mark Davis in the sack house with a full squad because I have Chris Kamihart, Luke Rule, and Nick Doc Skirkowitz. The crew is back. Chris, I start with you. Week six of college football. Your LSU Tigers just coming off an ugly loss. Against Ole Miss, now you're traveling to Missouri, number 21 ranked Missouri. They're undefeated. How are you feeling going into this game? Yeah, I mean, my my house is dog shit. He needs to get fired. The defense is fucking terrible. I mean, the offense is fucking booming, though. I mean, I, we're up there in the top 10 offense in the nation right now. Jaden Daniels balling out. Our wide receivers are doing great. But, I mean, when you can't te- keep fucking Ole Miss from scoring 40-something, you got an issue. Yeah, that's that's an issue. I mean, and the, Ole Miss was coming off that, you know, gut-riching loss to Alabama. But, Luke, tough loss. I mean, we mentioned tough losses, and no one else had yeah. a tougher loss. I, I know that you were ripping the Bears for blowing a 28-7 lead in the NFL, but your UCF Knights blew a, blew a 35-7 lead to the Baylor, Beers, Baylor Bears. How are you feeling as you guys get ready for Kansas this week? Yeah, I mean it's pretty pretty disappointing. I'm glad I wasn't really watching the entire game because I was uh, enjoying some uh, new new bars in downtown Nashville, getting ready to open up here this week. So I got a little preview of these bars before they opened up, but so I kind of got to miss out on the on the score. I saw it at halftime, thirty five seven, and I checked my phone later. They, every time I checked the phone, there the score kept getting closer and closer. I'm like, well, fuck this. I'm like this, that's how it goes, but. Yeah, no, it's tough. It kind of shows like, yeah, we can compete, but we don't have the depth to finish these games uh, yet. So some some Gus Malzahn's got to work on getting a little more depth for our defense. So it shows you compete in the AAC, but not the Big Twelve, a Power Five we, conference, uh, maybe too. We we are being competitive. Well, we, Kansas we were State pretty was close. Really, and, Kansas we were, State was we were, close. It was a couple score game, wasn't it? With a backup QB in. We no, their starter played, and our backup has played the last three weeks. Well, we like should be starting. getting old, old John Rice Plumley back this week. Hopefully, he's he's been out the last three weeks. And uh, your backup sounds like the starter then. And we'll see if Kansas has their starter yeah. because he. Well, I'll mention in a minute, but yeah, he didn't play last week against Texas. Had a back flare up, but Doc Florida State had nothing to worry about last week. They're on a bye week. They stayed at number five. Now they have to play the Virginia Tech Hokies. You know, at home, years are at home. So twenty three and a half point favorites. I'm assuming you're not really stressing that game at all, huh? No, no, not everybody uh, can be Florida State this week or, you know, any at all in the, in the NC2A and just be fucking amazing. Not worrying about your opponent, being able to close out games that you're winning, um, you know, and not just being good offensively, but being good all the way around. You know, it's a great day to be a Seminole. Doc, I mean, you weren't you weren't on the show last night. What what about those fucking commanders tomorrow, eh? Uh, were we doing we doing NFL or college tonight? I, I forgot. I was we're looking. Doing, at we're the, doing we're doing college, but we didn't get okay. to listen to your your, okay. your Bears Commanders throwdown. I was just making sure because you know I, I signed on. And I, I thought we had an agenda for tonight, and uh, you know <laughs> you, you want to come on, you want to follow the agenda, you want you want to talk football, and then you know you got a co-host wants to make it personal. You know, there, there's no need. Gotcha, for that. gotcha. There's no need for that. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, Doc, you I mean, still you want Sam Howell? Uh, not for Jamar Chase now. You still well, Doc, you mentioned, 
you mentioned Florida State's <laughs> defense. You know, I'm looking at the team defense on here, and I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. You guys have given up a lot of yards. I don't even I can't find you guys on the first page. So I don't know if your defense is actually really balling out there in the NCAA. But my team, Texas, is our defense is our defense contributing to the wins, Mark? Did our I defense mean, every, blow a 35 to seven lead? Oh. I mean. That's I'm not saying they're elite. That that's I'm a shot at Luke. Elite. That ain't a shot at me. So hey. I mean, I'm just I'm not saying they're elite, but well, I mean, be Texas, simple. Texas did. I believe, Kansas. like I said, Daniels, the QB for Kansas. I was a little a little nervous it was going to be a trap game. Us overlooking uh, the Jayhawks, but we kind of got fortunate with the backup QB in the triple option, the old school option. Did catch us off guard a little bit in the beginning, but they prevailed. They figured out how to stop it. Didn't take long, and then now. Here comes the game of the year for us, our rival, 119th meeting, the Red River rivalry in Dallas, Texas at the Cotton Bowl. Huge game. We'll break that down. So probably the, the biggest game of the week if you're looking at it. But uh, let's move on, boys. Mark's got US... his own Red River rivalry, but that's, uh, that might be a story for another day. <laughs> that's a story for all fair. Uh, yeah, let's keep that one. Yeah, that might be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, fair. A, that's Call of Duty talk right there. That's a yes, that's, that's a that's a sack house exclusive is what that that's is. That's a tomorrow. That's a tomorrow night after the Commanders wipe the floor with the Bears. We'll be on call. Wow. Oh, okay. It. All right. Uh, Luke, you got anything you want to get personal, man? Anything I, at all? I was I wasn't going personal shots over here, but I can. I mean. Yeah, I mean, you I mean, fucking, he, you might as well join the bandwagon. I guess I don't know. No, I'm I'm, well, I'm chill, chill good at the, the AFC North, so I'm not not too worried about. You know what, Mark? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on. To some of the comments that I want to make, if we want to get personal, I'll hold on to some of it. I mean, well, you, you, you got about maybe one and a half more bear jokes, hey. and then you know, hey, you can say uh, you, can, you can mention twenty-eight-three all you want. You can mention the Longhorns can't. No, nope, nope, that, that ain't what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. It's all good. Let's move on. USC Colorado yeah. boys. <laughs> I told Doc you guys weren't here last week that Colorado was going to play within the spread, and I get it. USC was up decently in the first half, but USC kept it. Kept them in the game the second half of the ball game, man. In the fourth quarter, it was a two-score game. I get Colorado did kind of not backdoor covered. They had a chance to, to, to get the game at the end. But Colorado proved that they could fucking play on with these boys in USC because USC's defense, I've been saying it, Chris has been saying it, is dog shit. So is the hype for USC kind of wearing off? They keep falling down the rankings. They were five a couple weeks ago. They fell down to eight after last week's game or the week before that, I'm sorry, and after Colorado, they fell down to number nine. So is the hype kind of wearing off with the USC Trojans? I mean, I think the hype is still – the hype should still be there. I mean, they have Caleb Williams, one of the leading Heisman candidates. I mean, the offense is still phenomenal. I mean, at the end of the day, they probably have one of the top offenses in college football right now in the nation with Caleb Williams behind. They have some offensive weapons there. I mean, the big issue, like you said, Mark, is like this defense is terrible. So when they go against – a good defense that's going to be able to stop Caleb Williams once or twice, then they're going to be facing some issues because they're not going to be able to stop the opposing offense. Yeah. So if they play an Oregon or a Washington, I mean, potentially Utah can catch them off guard too. They, they do play defense out there. Oregon state plays defense. So the, the three top, like you said, uh, Chris, USC's number three in total yards, Oregon's number two and Washington's number one. And we know those two top teams can play defense. So, they could throw Caleb Williams off guard. I I think that USC should start learning to play defense very fast because when they play Northern Dame next week, week seven, that's going to be a big game. I expect Hartman to have a fucking huge game that game. I'm not sure if they have to play. I'm um, looking at the schedule now. Actually, they do play Utah and they do play they play Washington Oregon back to back weeks. So they better start figuring this shit out quick. Yeah, USC is at the point where Caleb Williams needs to score every drive when he, when they start going up against these big name schools. Because if they don't, they're going to lose that game. And we we almost saw it against Colorado. I mean, everyone thought like, hey, this game's over in the first quarter. Like Caleb Williams throwing bombs every drive for touchdowns, and Colorado sneakily climbed back into that game to make it a little nervous for those Trojans. Yes, they did. Um, I'm not sure, Doc, if you were – I know you were at a wedding. If you caught that or Luke, I mean, you were bar hopping. But they, that defense needs to figure it out. I, I know everyone was hyped up on the coordinator as he was coming from Oklahoma, but he's just not – he has not figured it out yet in two years he's been with 
the uh, the USC Trojans. Yeah, I I unfortunately uh, did not catch much of any college football last weekend, um, being out of town, which is a heartbreaker for me because I love college football. But uh, I didn't need to catch last week to know that that the USC defense is in trouble. I mean, Caleb Williams is great, but like Chris said, I mean, this is a team that is all season long looked like they're they're going to struggle if they don't have. Uh, if they're not scoring every single drive offensively. I mean, you saw it opening up the season against San Jose State. I mean, that was unbel- – I mean, first game of the season or not, you, you've got to put you've got to put a better product together than than 28 points against San Jose. I mean, that that's an awful – you know, when, when you compare the two, just an awful team to give up 28 to. Um, Nevada was a better showing. Stanford, Arizona State, a lot of question marks come back into that game. And then uh, Colorado as well. This is – they're giving too much credit to Colorado on that one. They really are. What do you mean by too much credit? Oh, because Colorado's not that good, dude. Colorado's not that good. I mean, they dropped 41 on them, and it was a seven-point game late in the game. I mean, it was a 14-point game. Uh, That's why I'm saying it's a surprise. They're not that good of a team to put up 41 on USC. I mean, uh, on, on the on the defense, you know, that that's – you got you got to look at it, and that that's a USC defense problem. And we're doing that shit on Oregon. And don't, don't tell me Colorado's that good because they scored forty one on USC. All right, it took them double overtime against Colorado State to win that game. I mean, I did say that they were going to drop in the forties against USC since the I think the Nebraska game. Actually, might be the TCU game. I've, I've been saying that all year. They were going to drop 40, 50 points against USC, and I said USC was going to do the same thing. I mean, I I was calling that all year. And yeah, I guess they didn't drop. They didn't drop that much on Oregon. But is USC going to be able to drop that much on Oregon, or the Huskies for, for that that fact too? Is, is this I, I think those games. Are, yeah, those games are going to all be shootouts. I think either way, like USC's offense is going to be able to score on uh, Oregon and Washington's defenses. Maybe not forty points, but I, I guarantee they're probably in the thirty mid thirties range for points. So I think those games are also going to be shootouts. Uh, all the Pac-12 games are going to be shootouts. Well, I mean, mid-30s. I think Oregon might be a low-scoring shootout. Yeah. Mid-30s is low-scoring for Pac-12. <laughs> low-scoring shootout. Yeah, you and Luke's uh, vocabulary. I love it when you guys say some crazy shit like that. So, But, I mean, I don't know. Like, if, if they if they score 35 on Oregon or Washington, that's not that's not scoring every drive, I don't, I don't think. So, that means you better hope Michael Penix Jr. and, and Bo Nix, they have a, a bad game. Because they're so likely Bo, to drop Bo 45, picks. 50. <laughs> I don't Bo know, picks. man. Like it's, I, I don't know. Like I, I think, I think the sizzle is is kind of like just wearing off a little bit. With, I mean, they were the favorites for the Pac-12 coming into it. Now they're below Colorado, or Oregon, and the Huskies and the rankings. So the right, I mean, the the voters are well, not the voters. It's not. It's the AP. Oh, poll, yeah. But, nobody's arguing that. Nobody's arguing yeah, that Washington and or you know Washington and Oregon are putting together programs that, that are competing here. Yeah, USC came in heavy favorites to win that conference, and uh, I'm honestly excited to see the Pac-12 becoming something again. Uh, Washington and Oregon are, are putting together a show and and you know standing up and taking their opportunity at the conference. Nobody's arguing that. I am just hey, saying, Colorado. Hey, this is not could be good. this could be a year two Pac-12 teams make the playoffs too. I. Pac-12 is proving like they're they're the dominant conference right now this season. Well, I well, saw heard that. It here, uh, folk. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. I saw Two an Pac-12 argument. Could happen. Playoffs. Well, I saw an argument, boys. Is like let's say, um, let's say that either Washington, Oregon, they're they're a one-loss team or whatever, and then they win the Pac-12 against you know they get the revenge. Let's say Georgia loses Alabama. Bama's a one-loss SEC champion. Georgia's a one-loss SEC non-champion. Uh, Oregon wins the Pac-12 at one loss, and, and Washington's at one loss. Do they throw that second Pac-12 team over Georgia? Because that's no, that's a question have, that. Now they both have one loss. They're going to favor the SEC. Just, Everything. Just the way the, the voters are going to be. Now if it's no, a one think... loss, now if they have like an undefeated Pac-12 team and a one loss Pac-12 team, like they both might slide in. It all depends on the outcomes. I mean, if I mean Tennessee is slipping, but Tennessee still got a you know still got an offense. If, if Georgia loses to Tennessee by three. That's one thing. If Georgia loses to Missouri by 30, or not Missouri, actually, let's say uh, no, so the, Vanderbilt. The, the, the argument, though, was if, let's say Georgia goes 12-0 and in the regular season, right, and Bama goes 11-1, and and Bama beats them in the SEC title game, 
And let's say the Huskies beat Oregon next week and then Oregon flips around in the Pac-12 title game. That's the only loss Oregon suffers. Oregon beats Washington, close game. And vice versa, Bama beats Georgia, close game. Oregon and Bama are going to get in. But do you throw Georgia in over the Huskies or the Huskies in over Georgia if it comes down to that fourth team? That's what I'm saying. That it all would... comes down to performances, uh, schedule, you know. Well, if Alabama if Alabama yeah. beats Georgia in the SEC title game, you know, that obviously means something, right? Um, so it depends on, you know, Oregon if they if they lose the one game, you know, it, it, we're we're a long Oregon way from, get, from I, I'm not Oregon. I don't I don't think that they're that they're defaulting SEC over a second pack twelve team. Maybe maybe there. maybe past years they would have. I think this year it, it's a little different just because the Huskies would have the better strength of schedule with playing USC, playing. Yeah, Oregon I think it's twice. too hard to deny the Pac-12 this year. I do. I think it's way too hard. Yeah, I do too. Uh, and Chris, the SEC man losing its fastball, and that brings it on to the Georgia Bulldogs. Are the Georgia Bulldogs straight up losing their touch? Their defense is still there, but is their offense losing its fastball? I know they, they escaped the Auburn game. They escaped the South Carolina game a couple weeks ago. They do play Kentucky at home, uh, ranked Kentucky, by the way. Is Georgia losing its fastball and offense? And should we be worried? Should Georgia be worried about the remainder of the season? I mean, I don't think Georgia should be worried at all about the remainder of their season. They probably have one of the easiest remainder of the season for any college football team, honestly. I mean, I think they are losing their touch offensively, but that's just due to having a brand new quarterback out there with Beck. I mean, they're not able to reload like they did. I mean, Stetson Bennett was Stetson Bennett for two plus years, you know, like he was out there to just get it done. And now they're seeing this new quarterback too, by the way, playing drunk, allegedly, allegedly his, his own story. It's him saying it. (laughs) He said allegedly. We love that I mean, dedication. We love that dedication. And clearly, clearly, he still has drinking problems. Not with the Rams anymore. So, yeah, but I don't Chris- think. I I'm gonna slide in. I don't I don't think uh, this is a cause of concern for for Georgia's offense. I mean, they're still 481 yards a game, uh, 322 through the air, 148 on the ground, almost 100, almost 150 yards a game on the ground. Uh, I mean, Georgia. Even last year, I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me. You know what they did last year, game by game. But um, their defenses, in my mind, what carried them last year as well. They've been such a very good defensive team. They averaged something like 240 yards a game against defensively. Uh, this was a team that the defense carried them. The defense going to carry them again this year. But I don't think that their offense is slipping. There's almost 500 yards a game offensively. Yeah, I mean, I, I get like. You know, they – well, offensively, yeah, like they are averaging – I have it right here. They're averaging – oh, shit. 481.2 yards a game. Yeah, so they're up there, but the comp- – I mean, I'm like, I, I disagree with you a little bit, Chris. They do have a decent schedule coming up. They have Ole Miss later on, Kentucky this week, Missouri, which, you know, they're undefeated in Missouri's role. Missouri's so. making moves. I, that and shocked me. And Missouri pushed Georgia last year to the wire, just about. Georgia had to have a late comeback. And I think it was a two-score game, but it was not – it did not feel like a two-score game. It felt like Missouri had that game and they let it slip. So, I, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like the offense last year was never a concern. I get it. No one was high on Stenson Bennett. He's not doing anything in the NFL at the moment. But he was a solid quarterback last year. The weapons were – I mean, they didn't have a true – like number one receiver that we can talk about, but they were fucking balling on offense. The run game was solid. So I don't know, man. Like I'm just seeing 27, 20 against Auburn. I know it's a rivalry game, but you know, they struggled 24, 14 at set, you know, against South Carolina. So it's just like, I just don't trust Georgia. I think they're going to have a slip up game before the SEC title game. If they make it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Remember? definitely set up that way, especially with that old miss. I mean, old Miss's offense is hey, it's high firepower right there. So, I mean, they're going to put up a lot of points, and is Beck going to be able to match what Dart's putting out on the field? And I know Luke would be happy, by the way. He's getting sick and tired of Georgia at the moment. They're like the new Alabama at the at – the, at the... Yeah. All right. Another sleeper game could be the Florida-Georgia game for them. Neutral site stadium playing in Jacksonville. Uh, 
Florida's going to come out giving their best shot. So it's also a sleeper game for them. I think, I think Florida's been hot and cold this year too. Like they played good one week and they play like shit the next week. So you never know what's going to happen with the Florida team. I mean, not if we not not if Florida plays what they played last week. I mean, but they played like they did against Tennessee. Yeah, it's true. When do they so. play Florida? Are right, they playing October twenty eighth? Yeah, the last Saturday of uh October. Yeah, neutral site stadium. You know, biggest tea party. That's gonna be a good well, game. Let's move on to a neutral site game, boys. Uh, let's let's break down now week six. Let's, let's get into week six. The Texas Longhorns, the Oklahoma Sooners. The 119th meeting between the two. It's in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Texas, during the Texas State Fair, the biggest state fair in the nation every year. Um, Texas and Oklahoma are both rolling right now. Oklahoma's got the edge on offense when it comes to yards per game and points per game. Not rushing, but overall in points. Texas has the nod on defense on every category, but points per game, I think that is due to the competition as well. Oklahoma hasn't played the level of competition that Texas has at the moment. But Facts. we saw we saw the last two years, Texas last year dominated the Oklahoma Sooners, won 49-0, and they were dominating them in 2021. But here comes Caleb Williams. The right, you know, the rest was history. We were up 28-7, 35-17, 41-23. So we saw what happened in the last two years. It's been a, a, a two different stories. I think it's going to be a lot more physical, boys, this year. Oklahoma's playing a lot better ball than they were last year when they came into this game. The defense is playing a lot better. But, like I said, they haven't played a defense like Texas yet. They haven't played an offense like Texas. So, who has the edge? Where are you guys leaning at here? Yeah, I mean, both these quarterbacks haven't played each other yet either. So, what, last year, uh, Dylan Gabriel was out. And I think that was, what, Ewer's return game last season? When he was, like, I'm not sure he returned, but he – he had a great game, he, and if it doesn't, he had a great game though. Yeah, I think that's his first game back. So it's the first time these two quarterbacks are going head to head, which is pretty good. I should have pulled out my uh, UCF Dylan Gabriel jersey for this podcast today. But <laughs> well, do you think Oklahoma no, this, is going to pull it off, or do you think Gabriel has uh, it? On him? Yeah, I think he's got it. I mean, he's having a great, great season this year. Uh, last season, not not so great for Oklahoma, but I mean, Oklahoma's rolling this year. Every time I look at the score, they're fucking. And blowing teams out, except what Cincinnati and SMU, but SMU is a tough team to play, even though they're still in the American Conference. What were you gonna say, Doc? Yeah, I, um, no, I was just gonna say this is one of the more exciting games of the year. I mean, this is a very evenly matched, uh, on paper head to head. I mean, Texas has the edge on the ground, uh, Oklahoma through the air. Not that either team is doing bad at either which category, you know, we're just talking numbers and having the edge, but. Um, the defense coming through. I mean, it's going to be a very exciting game to see who's going to prevail. Um, and it being at a neutral site really, really takes it in, you know. Yeah, it's half, I, I'm it's fucking, half burnt I'm pumped orange. for this game, dude. Half red, half burnt orange. Yeah. That's the way it, it goes. I personally think Texas still has the advantage. Um, I think Texas schedule and what Texas has proven already this season. Um, already, you know, big wins against Kansas, big win against Baylor, who, you know, just came back. Um, who the fuck did they play last week? UCF, South Florida, oh, right? Or Central Florida? Yeah. Um, yep, yep. Big one against yeah. Wyoming. The huge win against Alabama. I know Wyoming was kind of a question mark until the fourth quarter, but you know, better teams are going to prevail. You know what I mean? You're going to have slow starts. That's just how it works. Um, look at look at the fucking future Super Bowl winners and the Denver Broncos coming back twenty eight to seven against the Bears. Jesus um, I mean that that's a prime fucking. We're going all the way team right there. Um, but huge one against Alabama. I mean, watching what Texas has done this year, much, much gooder competition that they've faced. I'm giving the edge of Texas, but very, very excited to watch this game this weekend. I'm not sure what, if any injuries OU has. I know Texas lost our tight end Sanders. That we didn't really need him when he got hurt against Kansas, but he is the, the second prospect on a lot of the draft boards right behind Brock Bowers for the tight ends. He's a hell of an athlete, so I think we need him. If we don't have him, it's a, it's a tough loss. We also have one of our defensive players, Watts, questionable as well. So a little nicked up, but I think, Chris, that Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, and the hot Jonathan Brooks, he's the hottest running back in the nation right now, can, can pull this out when it's all said and done. 
Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I think this is going to be a closer game than what everyone thinks it's going to be. I mean, oh yeah, me personally, me personally, my opinion, I think this is going to be the biggest test from Texas right now. I mean, Dylan Gabriel is playing way better than what um, Alabama's quarterback played against. I mean, just right now, seventy-five percent completion on his throws, close to six hundred yards, fifteen scores. I mean, right now, OU's balling. I know. I know they haven't played much. I mean, probably the only team that they've played so far that has a chance to go bowling this year is SMU. So it's not like they have much competition and but putting up big numbers. But I mean, Dylan Gabriel is balling right now. But on the defensive side, Texas, Texas is doing great. I mean, number one in conference right now with red zone after dealing with people like Alabama and Kansas. That's huge. The O line for Texas. I mean, I know they don't have Bijan right now, but still that O line's blasting away, averaging about six yards per carry which is insane to just run the ball and get, what, second and four? I mean, so, I mean, that's Jonathan, huge. Yeah, they went without Jonathan, skipping a beat post-Bijan days. Jonathan Brooks is just came off a 200-yard-plus game against Kansas. And he's had 200-yard games before that. Like, not he had 100-yard games in the past two games before that. So, he's hot right now, and we're just feeding him the rock. No, I think the only thing missing for me, and uh, I haven't followed, you know, aside from – you know, the late, the late uh, Wyoming and, and Alabama game. Um, the big thing missing for me, I mean, Ewers, Ewers is playing well this year. Um, but that's a big difference for me is, is like Chris said, Gabriel versus, versus Ewers. Um, and I need to, I want to see Xavier Worthy really go off. I need a good 200 yard reception or 200 yard game from him. Worthy is Worthy is so much better than the three hundred and forty something yards he's got so far this season. He's got three scores. Um, looking for a breakout game from him, and I think, I think in a game that might be a defensive battle, I think this this could be an opportunity for Worthy to step up and show his his draft potential. Yeah, he's projected to be that like late first round or the second round uh, prospect at the moment is where I've been seeing. And he's him fall, capable of but... being better than that. No, he he is. I mean, I just think right now Quinn isn't. He's not being the gunslinger that he was trying to be last year. He's more conservative. He has done a lot better this year with the deep ball uh, when he takes that chance. But the run game's so hot, it's like, why, why fuck it up and just try and force the QB to do uh, something stupid? Sark's yeah. putting. No, I get it. Yeah, Sark's putting Quinn in the offense in good good spot. I'm hoping that he's drinking it on during the sideline because, like I said, he's a better coach when he's a little <laughs> little buzzed out there. A little something, something I, in there. I, yep. Yeah, I need yeah, the drunk I mean, confidence. Yeah, this would be a good, good matchup of two quarterbacks that might be playing that should probably be playing Sundays in the next couple of years too. So both these quarterbacks potential first, second round picks coming out in the next season or two whenever they decide to actually come out. And Quinn just threw his first interception last week. He's got ten on the year for one. I know it's not you know Dylan Gabriel fifteen to two, but you know he almost he was close to the streak that Sam Elliger had for the most consecutive passes for the Longhorns in history. Without a pick, he had a bad one last week, but I guess that shit happens. But I was I was told by an OU fan in the office, uh, my office, that oh, or no, I'm sorry, uh, one of the LTs out there was like, oh, you might catch Texas by surprise with how physical they're going to be. I was like, dude, it's a fucking rivalry game. They ain't, no one's catching each other how physical they're going to be. They know they're both trying to kill each other, and we just played Alabama, so we know the physicality of other teams. Nobody is I think, nobody is coming out in this game surprised by anything. No, not not a rivalry anything. game. Even if you get blown out, even if you give up yeah. 600 yards and get blown out, you're like, hey, we, we knew this was a possibility on either side. And I think OU needs – we're talking about playoff implications. I think OU needs this win more than Texas does just because if OU loses, they fall down to probably around 15 or 16. It'll be a lot harder for them to climb up in that top four, the teams ahead of them. If Texas does lose, they'll still probably be in the top 10. OU will get in the top 10 as well. But OU can redeem themselves with that that win in the Big 12 title game if they can get there and they can redeem themselves. I think OU needs this a lot more at this oh, moment yeah. than the Longhorns yeah. do. I mean, th- oh, this yeah. probably for I think either team, like this could define like their season though. Like whatever team loses probably won't make the fucking playoffs unless they win the Big 12. So it's gonna be very, yeah, very I, tough. Like they'd have to play each other again in the Big 12 championship. And I still think if OU I mean, you know, if, loses, if Oklahoma makes it with the win. Yeah, I don't well, with the win, not? I think they can. With the loss, I don't think they get it, even if they win the Big 12 with it, one loss. Just if they win out, climb. they'll make it. Yeah, if they win out and, go, and they go 13-0, I can see OU in the playoffs. I, I definitely do. 
And and the SEC too, Chris, they're already hinting that next year this game's gonna be a three thirty Eastern game, which you know, most of the time it's played at the noon slot. So the SEC's already trying to sound like tinker with the fucking game, essentially. Yeah, that's three and a half it. hours a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> fuck over the time. Don't bitch about that. Well, I, I just hope that they don't move it to rivalry weekend at the end of the year. That's the only thing I don't Texas want. must be like 90 and or Texas must be like 70 and 10 at noon and like 10 and 30 at 330. Well, it's just like the SEC loves their 330 windows. They they always did on CBS. I know this is the last year with CBS. But the SEC just loves putting the different games in different slots to get viewership. I mean, if you got fucking Alabama, Georgia playing at 12, you don't want Texas and Oklahoma playing at 12 too. Yeah. You got to spread the love. I'm just, I just hope they don't move it to the fucking the last game of the year. Like that. Don't, don't I don't hope do that. Don't I do hope that. they move it to like 11 o'clock at night. Fuck it. I mean, I, I would like a night game, game especially if I'm going to be East Coast next year. I, I wouldn't mind a night game. I can fucking do yeah, shit. Make it like 11 o'clock Central so it's midnight yeah, so for us. Make it like a West I Coast mean, start. I stay I'm honestly night surprised. Games. I'm surprised it's not a night game. This would be a great they, Saturday night game. They typically. I am too, but that they, daytime atmosphere in, on, on these two schools is unreal. They don't play night games usually uh, with these two. I think the last time they did something different was the 330 game was 2017. It was the. The second window. They, the Big they don't 12 is play. historically an early window conference. Yeah. At least that's what it, it seems like to me. I don't have the numbers on how many games they've played at each slot, but they like when I think Big 12, I'm thinking first well, games of the plays, day under well, the sun. I mean, Texas plays a lot of night games, but not not against – Texas OU, they don't play night. I mean, and they play in the Cotton Bowl until the Big 12 title game. The last time we played – Oh, you not in the Cotton Bowl was in Jerry's World during the Big Twelve title game. So, I believe that was Kyler Murray's uh, last year with the Sooners. Kyler Murray's a punk. Yeah, he is. He is. We we Freak actually argued about Freak OU quarterbacks, and I was like, I'd take Baker over fucking uh, Murray any day. I think I take Baker in the NFL right now over over Kyler Murray. I take uh, Caleb. Yeah, Baker's Williams. actually playing. I would too. Former OU quarterback. Yeah. I take Kurtz too over another OU quarterback. Yeah, but no big game. Can't wait to watch it. Be nine in the morning my time, so I'll get my day started, and from there, fucking, it'll either be a good day Saturday. or bad day for you. <laughs> it'll be a good day or bad day. You'll either hear me pissed off on the text messages. I probably, probably, probably won't hear you much. at all. You, I mean, I'll talk, but I won't be sitting here like fucking bragging. I will let the game play its play out. I'll sit there and be like, you know, I I'll hope critique the game. Mark, I'm gonna be honest, man. I'm there. with you. I, I hope I hope Texas fucking shoots out to a huge early lead, something like 41 to seven, and then just shits the bed in the second half, just <laughs> absolutely it, blows it. To be honest, I don't see and then past Texas teams. I could definitely see that. I don't think this version of the Texas team. Uh, that's didn't that happen like happen. last year or the year before? Or did you guys come back? Oh well, yeah, man? I know there was I, a huge we were up, comeback. We were up 28 seven. We were up 35 17. We were up 41 23, and then. Here comes Kayla Williams. Man, up, up 28-7 and lost, huh? I know a little something about that, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were up 28-7 a little earlier in our game than you, so there was more we time. Got a, we got a up 28-7 support group if you want to join. We feel your struggles. I mean, I'm in I'm in a 28-3 lead. Blow. I mean, I've, been, I've, seen more, I've seen more blown leads with my teams than you probably all have combined, so there's there's nothing. No, remember now, can... I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Chicago fan. Remember that. I'm a Falcons <laughs> fan, so let's just – Forget you know, let's not forget that one. We, we're blowing watched, uh, our, our name. Yeah, well, yeah. But boys, the Irish this week another ranked opponent. This is their third week in a row. This is the start. Like I said, if they want to make their way back in, I know right now they are number um, ten, so they're still fighting for that, that potential playoff spot. They went out. They are playing this week at number twenty-five, Louisville. Does Louisville pull off the upset at home? Stand by as I pull this up here real quick. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm gonna I say think no, the same heart. I'm going to say no. I think uh, Louisville, I mean, they're just kind of. I mean, they're 5-0. 5-0. Right oh. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're coming. They're playing strong, but I don't think they're a strong 5-0 and team, a uh, strong ranked team. Offense is definitely clicking, though. I'll give them that. Defense actually looking pretty solid, too. But um, Notre Dame, another close win last week. I mean, we, we saw, you know, we expected – 
the game against Ohio State. You know, Duke came in ranked last week. We expected a, a game there. But I I personally expected Notre Dame to win by more than a score. I mean, that was kind of eye-opening in, into what Notre Dame can bring to the table. Um, I got to look at how much Hartman passed for last week. But, I mean, he was obvious. I mean, I, I want to say disappointing in the game against Ohio State. But then again, Ohio State does have a phenomenal defense. But, yeah, no, I'd say disappointing last week. 15 to 30, 222 yards, no touchdowns. I mean, it's two straight games. I on it, you know, maybe this is the, the one where Hartman finally the, breaks and and Louisville comes out and takes it at home. He's out of the Heisman race, I think. I think it's done. He's not I don't care if he wins out, he's not having that shot. You know what? You you heard I'm, it here. Out of Ohio take game. the fucking receipt. No, take I the fucking receipt. Louisville upsets Notre Dame this week. I don't even think that Duke win though was I mean, Duke was Duke's been a good team this year. I mean, we can't knock Duke or the Irish for winning by one score. I mean, you claim that Clemson's still very good and they should be ranked, but they manhandled the Clemson, the Clemson Tigers week one. So Yeah, week one. When Klubnik was still figuring out what being a quarterback in in Clemson meant. But Duke's been consistently good all year. I mean, yeah, they, they struggled on the offensive end against a good You put Duke up against Clemson again, I don't know if Duke's winning that game a second time. Well we'll, we'll see how Duke does against Florida State coming up here soon. Yeah, I mean I want to talk too soon because if Duke, if hey, if Duke beats Florida State yeah. now, you better believe we're talking shit now because the way you're ripping Duke is is pretty uh pretty disrespectful. <laughs> What's respect they're, on they're, Duke? Yeah, they're Save 19 the in the nation, and they yeah, beat they the had shot college game day. Well, that might be oh, that might be called. They don't have announced that yet. I mean, what October twenty first? The two so weeks. October twenty October twenty first is when they play them. Yeah. No, you're right. I'll accept yeah, that. I, I mean, Duke definitely, Duke is, definitely a solid team. Um, Riley Leonard Duke's last week, 12 done. of 27 for 134 yards. I mean, fucking give the guy the Heisman already. Well, I think yeah. he's got a high ankle sprain, so he's probably been missing a couple of weeks. I, yeah. I don't no, think that's that'll fine. Be, give him the Heisman anyways. That won't be college game day. Just throwing that He almost had more Ohio rushing State. yards than he did passing yards as a quarterback. That's impressive. Ohio, Ohio State, Penn State would be college game day that weekend. There's no way they go to Florida State for Duke and Florida State. And that's no disrespect to the game. It's just it's going to be two top ten teams facing each other. You can't. Yeah, Ohio State, Florida Penn State. State. It's a big deal. I mean, I mean Notre Dame. I think the Florida State game is a good is a big deal too. I think it's a big game for both teams. No, no, I, I do yeah. too. I, I just think I, I'm just agreeing with you. Yeah, that's Ohio State, Penn State is the better spot for for college game day. What do you say, Chris? I mean, I think Notre Dame, like you've been saying over the past like couple episodes, Notre Dame's gonna have a very hard time trying to slide their way into college, the college playoffs right now. Especially just this four team playoff. I mean, maybe they have a good shot next year with the twelve. But I mean, taking that L from Ohio, I mean, their next biggest game is USC. Not having a conference championship game is really gonna hurt them. Jack Plummer's also already got six picks this year. Against him, who does? He's thrown the. He's thrown six interceptions this year. Who has? Jack Plummer, Louisville quarterback. Oh, I didn't even know. I didn't know the correct name to be honest. I just knew that they were fucking rolling, and every time I see it, Louisville's winning. It's kind games. of a big deal, though. That he's thrown six picks. He's averaging one a game essentially. That's wrong with that. Kind of a big deal when you're talking about these you know, rank quarterbacks and and what they're doing. I mean, yours even, we said, you know, it was a step down to uh, what's his name from Oklahoma. I mean, yours is still 10 and one. Yeah. 10 to one ratio. I like it. I mean, Quinn was also being a lot more conserved with the ball. Um, like I I'm can't not say talking Louis shit about no, yours. Relax. No, I'm just I'm saying just what he, I'm saying, six inter- I'm saying six interceptions a lot for, for yeah. Jack Plummer. I was saying, I, I mean, they've, don't know what the Louisville quarterback's been doing compared to Quinn has been doing, so I can't judge Louisville's QB. And Louisville's had some pretty close games. I mean, last week, 13-10 win against North Carolina State University, fucking 39-34 against Georgia Tech. So, I mean, it's not like he's been... versus Murray. I mean, that's a close game if you and I are being honest right there. Like, you, you, only, you only scored 56 against that team? Come on. You got to do better than that. Oh, yeah. They put they, they Doc, beat Boston College better than Florida State beat Boston College. Doc, where's fucking Murray State from? 
without looking it up. That, that's exactly that's what I'm saying. That's why they should have put up more than fifty six. Like, they tell me where they're from. Exactly. I, don't, I honestly don't even know. And I only and I, I only know because they were, I only know because they were like March Madness so, the last couple of years. So like, something like, yeah, like, like Cracker Jack box. I don't even know who the fuck Murray State Racers are. That should have been a seventy burger. That should have been, yeah. Murray State. That's probably located, where he threw. That's probably where sorry. he threw his six interceptions. Kentucky. Oh yeah, no, in that in that game alone. They're, they're from that's why they had to bench him in the second half. But no, I, I yeah, think I mean, that, that Sam Sam Hartman's been struggling though lately, and he needs to get it going. And if he's not, Doc's going to be right. This is an upset game, and they better fucking figure it out quick. And it goes right back into what I was saying. All year long, they did win last week against Duke, but this is what you expect to see from Notre Dame when they play true competition. They're not taking on the University of Massachusetts Minutemen, all right. When they they played Ohio State, it was and and that was a good defense. It was disappointing for Sam Harbin. Last week, I almost want to say it was even worse than that. Last week was bad. I think he had less yards against Ohio State, but the completion percentage was terrible last week. Sam Hartman, no, I mean, he didn't throw a pick, but no touchdowns. I mean, now he's facing 25th-ranked Louisville, who nobody saw that coming, let's be honest. But, you know, if he comes out with another another 200-yard performance, throwing less than two and a quarter, I mean, when are we going to stop putting Notre Dame up on a pedestal? Well, he'll drop 400 next week when they play USC. seems like anyone can do that. So he'll be back next week against the Trojans. We'll see. I mean, if if he gets if he gets bottled up again against Louisville, that's three straight three straight bad games. I mean, that might be enough to break the confidence, and he comes out and shits a bet against USC and costs his team the game. You keep saying three straight bad games. You're acting like they got blown the fuck out from Ohio. They won by three fucking. I'm points, talking God. about Sam Hartman. Oh no, yeah, Hartman's a yes, but you're, you're Hartman saying- sucked. <laughs> Both those games. On the field for two plays. Back I mean, he ha- he has been pretty bad the last two games compared to what he was doing the first, uh, what, three I mean, look games. at the level of competition, though. I mean, you can't expect him to put up 56 points on Ohio State. No, but I expect him to be not 50% from the field and no touchdowns the last two weeks neither. He went 17 for 25 with a touchdown against Ohio State. My point is, my point is, and yes, they played two very good teams in the last two weeks, but my point is, like anything, this is what Notre Dame does when they face good competition. But you're also, I mean, also look at the recruiting difference from Notre Dame to oh, I'm not Ohio State. Yeah, I'm not arguing that. I mean, the amount, the different talent that's on the field, and Notre Dame's constantly competing against these teams. Not competing. Competing's a loose word. Well, they have better. They lost by than... three points to Ohio State, Doc. What do you mean they're not competing? Well, well we talked both... about the. Offensive struggles with Ohio State, and the, the quarterback is dog shit there. He's a placeholder. Um, sucks for Marvin Harrison Jr., honestly, because uh, he's losing a lot of, a lot of stock uh, on on the quarterback situation there. But that goes both ways, though, Chris, too. You said the recruiting, look at the difference between the Irish and the Buckeyes, but look at the difference between the Buckeye or the, the Irish and the, the Blue Devils. Notre Dame's got probably a way better recruiting class than Duke does, and Duke, oh, Duke was 100%. in the game. Season basketball. Yeah, but uh, I mean, Duke is still playing lights out this year. Did anybody expect Duke to be playing the level that they're playing this year? Before no, we did our preseason them. ranking, would you think Duke was doing what they're doing right now? No, no, no we, one we is. Were, we were all shocked they fucking upset Clemson, and they've exactly. been riding it since then. And they they really could have beaten fucking Notre Dame too. Oh yeah, they, they could have. If Riley Leonard threw more than one hundred thirty four yards. Well, they he, got, well he got hurt in that game, game too. He got hurt. Who? The quarterback for Duke. Leonard. Yeah. Yeah. Not for very long because they didn't have a backup. They didn't play a backup, so he didn't get hurt for that long. I don't know when he got hurt, but he he, he like fucking I, twists his ankle. I don't know. I, I think the Irish still has a chance to potentially make the playoffs. I, I they have to win out. They're number ten, so they're not far behind. So they didn't fall big in the rankings against the Irish. They only went down two, and they oh, went up this yeah. week. So it's, it's out of there to make the playoffs. I'm just saying it's going to be a repeat of 2013. That's what's going to happen. 
it, it probably will be just because of the level of talent on the field compared to these big teams. But I think it's out of their hands if they're making the playoffs or not. I mean, yes, they have to win out, like yeah. you said, Mark. But I yeah. mean, the the teams above them have to fumble the bag. I mean, you got people, you got Oregon, Oregon above them, USC above them. I mean, they do play USC, Ohio, Texas. I mean, you have all these teams that have to fumble a bag for Notre Dame to slide in. Yeah, they have a lot, they have a harder ro- road. I mean, it just depends on if these teams can shoot the bed in front of them, like you said. So, but one of those teams, Chris, you wanted me last night after we did our show to put this as a note for the show are the Ohio State Buckeyes on upset alert as Tua's little brother comes into town for the Maryland Terps. Can the Terps pull off the upset as they are literally 20-point underdogs on the road? Yeah, I mean, I Ohio, I feel offensively, still hasn't been able to click what they should be clicking right now. I mean, you have Marvin Harris, the, probably the best wide receiver in his class right now. And then the Terps, I mean, 5-0, and not even ranked right now. The Terps for, forced 12 turnovers in the last four games. That's number two in the nation right now for turnover margin. I mean, Tua's balling out down there. I mean, he's probably happy he didn't take whatever NIL deal an SEC team was trying to play, pay him. Well, he, but he left Alabama, too. He transferred from Alabama to Maryland. He transferred to Alabama because he wasn't going to play yet. Yeah, I, He did what yeah, the transfer was supposed Alabama. to do. Yeah, I mean, Nick Saban, Nick, Nick Saban probably shooting himself in the foot for letting him go. Yeah. Yeah. 13 touchdowns, three interceptions. Like, I mean, he's, he's lighting him up and they, they haven't been in a close game yet this season. Was their closest game? Like 18 point. Yeah. 18 points. Yeah. 38 yeah. to 20 against a very, very Charlotte. tough Charlotte team. And the yeah, ground well, game is I mean, great too. I mean, Indiana and Michigan state usually aren't, terrible teams and they still fucking bloom out well indiana no indiana is indiana is usually a terrible team but they are they're a team that will come in and be sneaky uh, i mean they gave a fight to ohio state in what week one but, or week two I mean, it's, not, it's, it's not like they're playing all cupcakes like the, they're playing like usually at maryland's typical level and they're just fucking blowing them out this season yeah like, baby two is yeah, you either... baby two is clicking and baby two you get a, a shit Indiana team that you're going to walk all over. You get an Indiana team that can pull the upset. Well, Indiana got shitted on by Maryland and was close against Ohio State. Well, close in the first half. Well, I think the big the big difference uh, here is like if you look close you to look Ohio State, three to three. First half. If you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> three to three in the first half. Okay. I mean, if you look at the Ohio State and Notre Dame game, they didn't Notre Dame didn't get any turnovers. And now you're going against the second-ranked team right now for turnovers. I mean, let the Terps get the ball turned over a couple times and that offense drive down. It's definitely going to be an upset alert. I think two is a way better quarterback than McCord right now. It can definitely happen. Maryland's putting up the numbers. Maryland's putting up the numbers. This is going to come down to who's going to hold stronger defensively. Uh, Maryland has has faced competition this year, but have they faced competition to that of a Ohio State defense? You know what I mean? Ohio State's putting up the offense. Um, you know, Notre Dame, I will say the one good thing, you know, Notre Dame has going for them is the defense. That's what I think is carrying them um, in these rankings and carrying them through their game, but carry them through Duke as a defense. Um, and, and Maryland's got a, a pretty decent defense coming into this. Only a little, you know, three and a quarter, uh, 328 yards against uh, defensively. So, I mean, Ohio State can definitely be on upset alert. If this game was in Maryland, I would feel a lot more comfortable going with that. But I think in Ohio State – um, it may come down to a fourth quarter run or a fourth quarter possession, but uh, I think Ohio State's still going to pull this one off. Yeah, I mean, this, this could be something that bites me in the ass and like Ohio State blow them out 57 to something, you know? But you're not saying they are going to pull the upset, you're just saying they should be on upset alert. So, I mean, definitely. I, this, oh, this, yeah, could yeah, be, yeah. this could be a game that this could definitely, definitely turn into that. Fuck it, mark yeah, it, mark, recede it. Terps are winning this weekend. Hey, I would love for the fighting Terps. Lock it in. Us in 150 yards a game defensively. I mean, Ohio State's got a got a fucking defense. Put in the fucking title. Ohio's on. Ohio's getting upset this weekend. I would love for the Turtles out there to fucking pull the upset off, but it's just a little hard when Ohio State against non teams like the Fighting Irish. They seem to find all cylinders. Like they're just firing all cylinders. So. 
I mean, Ohio's right now is eight and zero against the Terps from 2014, <laughs> and averaging a mere 57 points per game. So that changes I mean, no, they this year. Step that up. Those are that changes. That changes year. Eight and one since They're 2014. Boys. by Maryland. Yeah. Big old donut oh, on the board whoa, 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 by Maryland. Dog. Oh, don't get crazy. Sorry, we're, don't we're get getting crazy high. Sorry. Now. Don't, don't get out hey, of control there for a sec. But if they pull the upset off, you best believe I'm clipping this and I'm throwing that shit on all over social media and I'll fucking timestamp it when the time we record. <laughs> I said it here first, boys. Terps are yeah. winning. What's their but, slogan, Luke? They have a slogan? Go fighting turtles or some shit? No. Fight, fighting fight ter- or fighting terps. Something like that. Uh, fighting uh, terps. Terrapins. We should this is, where, a, this is where we play the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song. I have a Maryland hat somewhere in my closet because uh, you better be wearing it after the would, Texas dude. game. You, my would. family's my my grandfather a, was a Terps fan. I've been to the football yeah. stadium. I walked all on the baseball field. Oh. I did a tour out oh, there. Yeah, Doc. Yeah, it falls it, it falls under the rules of who you can Mark, be a fan I have of. No you remember idea where I'm your family's sports allegiance lies? I'm not a fan it of it. It falls just, under the rules. They're a fan, and I was a kid, and they took me to the, the stadium. I got to walk around there. I got to go down the field, pet the turtle, that little statue they got. It was a, I mean, it was so a you pet it a statue, not you a turtle. You got to pet a statue. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, yeah, not a turtle. It's exciting yeah. stuff, Mark. Got me a little, yeah, Mark. Got me a little That's turtle. Just, turtle. Riveting shit. Riveting story. Do me a favor. Text that. Do me a favor. Text that to the group chat because I want to tell all my friends that. I don't want them to miss a beat on this. No, it was cool. I got to, I got to walk along the field of a, a collegiate stadium back when they were in the ACC. Yeah. Turf win. I'm, I'm throwing my turf shirt on for Monday's podcast. Throwing yeah, I mean, like I said, I'll buy one. Root for him, like root for him, because like I said, the, all the fam- all the family, my dad's side and part of my mom's well, side, they're they're all turf Oklahoma fans, wins. So. I'm throwing the throwing the Dylan Gabriel jersey on. If Oklahoma wins, I will buy an Oklahoma jersey. I'll buy a Dylan Gabriel jersey. You won't do I'll it. Rock the UCF one. DHK is super cheap. <laughs> yeah. You won't do it, Doc. Yeah, you'll, you'll get it in like yeah. three months. Uh, it's, oh, that's fine. I got no in like a month. They're, they're well, good. They're it depends. Good it, de- it depends. Who is it? Some... Yeah, it depends. DH Gate. My, my jersey's DH been coming Gate. pretty quick. How much are they? I mean, I, well, baseball like jerseys. 25. Yeah, they're not. I, for the 25 jersey, bucks, I'll take what I get. You know what I'm saying? The baseball jersey took it, me like fucking five, six months to get mine. If it If it looks good from five feet away, hey. Yeah. yeah, it is yeah. what it is. Ain't nobody you know? coming up to me like, oh, damn, is uh, legit? <laughs> damn, I only is have one legit? Le- I only have one legit jersey now. <laughs> well, they'd also probably understand, too, if it's a if it's not the best quality. They'd be like, oh, yeah. you know, Nobody's stopping me to like, inspect oh. the stitching and make sure that it's not ironed on. Just but, the disrespect but, for them charging $150 for a fucking jersey. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's all brand? Fucking. It's all branding. I'll, I'll spend my $20 and fucking wait two months. Yes, sir. Yeah. Hey, but that's about college. That's all the college talk we got. We got some fantasy to run through real quick. Just oh, a couple starts and sits. You know, I think – I'm sorry, Doc, to do this to you, but start Sam Howe. I, you saw the potential he had last week against the Eagles. I'm not trying to shit on him, but, yes, your, your defense isn't the best this year. And like I said, he played good at Philly against the Eagles. And with that being said, piggyback that starts – Terry McLaurin too. Start both the receiver and the quarterback. Pair them together if you got them. You get some decent points. I, I expect somehow to get probably 22, 25 points easily this week. And if you're if you're looking for a streaming QB, start him. And I think Terry Terry can easily get you around 17 to 20 as well this week. So I expect the Commanders for the passing game to be there this weekend or tomorrow night actually. Yeah, I'm gonna I, piggyback right off that one. I mean, I think Scary Terry is definitely a great stardom. He got 22.6 points last week off 10 targets against the Eagles. So, And then the Bears right now giving nearly 30 fantasy points right now per game to perimeter receivers. So I think Scary Terry's a great stardom. I uh, I don't know all, obviously, what was said in the show last night. Um, but the Bears unfortunately could not be there. Well, yeah. Well, no, I mean, I hope you put some fucking respect on Justin Fields because this wasn't just – Justin Fields finally put up some numbers, right? Justin Field looked like a fucking quarterback yesterday or on Sunday. And that was the biggest thing for me. The guy sat in the pocket, let it build around him, looked up field, took chances. I mean, everything that I look for in a Chicago quarterback, Justin Fields. And I think it was 16 for 16 at one point. 
It was very difficult. My brother got pissed. I was watching well, what happened, and he was not happy what about happened, it. Um, what happened was he they saw the scoreboard of the the um, Panthers game. And they said, shit, they're not beating the Vikings, so now we have to lose because we want those two picks. They gave you the Yeah, no, score. I – listen, you they went for it on fourth and one from like the 18 and couldn't convert. Kicked the field. One of the field. few things Chicago's done well all year long is the run game. You ain't fucking telling me that Khalil Herbert ran into somebody's ass on accident, Okay. The guy ran straight into somebody. He didn't get wrapped up. He ran into somebody, got stopped. And it wasn't a defender. So they knew what they were fucking doing. And I'm okay with it. We're going to take the first two draft picks next year. We're going to do just fine. We're going to be fine. No, Fields proved this past weekend is that Fields isn't the issue. It's the coaches. Yes. And the line. I said it last last night. Yeah. And the line. And the line. So I am that that's going to segue into my stardom and sit Stardom, anybody. On the commander offense, sit him. Um, shit, who did I have? Anybody on the Bengals offense? Let's go that. <laughs> Jesus. Let's go that. Yeah, I, I got Joe Burrow as a must, must sit this game. Plus, my my quarterback, I'm actually streaming this week that I'm starting, Josh Dobbs against the Bengals defense. Uh, last three weeks, Josh Dobbs put it up, what, 20-plus fantasy points. He's rejected 22 fantasy points. Only one bad week so far, and that was the first week against the commanders. Other than that, he's getting like 40, 40 plus rushing yards a game, possible touchdown from rushing. He's got one rushing touchdown of the season. He had two passing touchdowns last week. So I'm starting Josh Dobbs this week myself. Let's fucking in, see Arizona ball out, of, pick up a couple of dubs. In lieu of Justin Herbert, because he's on my bye. And I say start Brees Hall, boys, too. The report came out today. His workload is going to increase. It sounds like it is solely his uh, backfield, which means Dalvin Cook. Sorry, I think the whole Aaron Rodgers injury affected that. It Breesaw probably would have been the main back at this point anyways with Rodgers, but I feel like Cook would have had a bigger role. But start Brees Hall. I mean, the Khalil Herbert had a very good game fantasy-wise against the Denver Broncos. Brees Hall seems like he's getting his feet under him again. So start Brees Hall against the Denver Broncos in Denver this week. Alternate sit him. Uh, hot take for you, anybody in the uh, Jags passing game yep i had trevor lawrence start start etn but sit everybody else sit receivers sit uh trevor lawrence why why start etn he didn't do anything against the falcons last week he he had what 15 points 11 points didn't he have like 11 points or whatever no he had more than that he had 10 10 points he didn't do enough for you to beat me wasn't only 10 yeah but etn is is a lot more reliable than what the jags offense has been this year with the jags passing game anyways Got another another running back for you guys to sit. Sit Jonathan Taylor if he's active this week. First week back, you don't know what his workload is going to be like. I know, I know you probably drafted him like I did, and you've been sitting on him until now. But don't don't rush to start him. Didn't hurt you, Luke. Neither you're four zero. Yeah, four zero. Still got a got a possible big time running back sitting just stashed away. And ETN, by the way, had ten point two fantasy points last week. He did. So really, right. really fucking burner there. Well, guess what? He got me another win last week, so it. it well, he working. didn't get you the win. He didn't. There was more to it. He, I, the Cowboys defense and Justin Jefferson got you the win. Let's not yes. see. Uh, sit, sit the Cowboys defense this week against the 49ers. Are you sitting them? I am. I uh, switched my defense for Miami. So a little risky, but I think Miami, Miami's defense can handle the Giants. Cowboys defense has not been bad the last two matchups in the playoffs against the 49ers too. So. So it's still a sneaky uh, start, honestly. Yeah, listen to last night's episode, and you'll find out how good the Cowboys' defense is against Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey. They've been pretty solid. Just spoiler for anybody out there, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Not going to risk it. <clears throat> Jamar Chase is still on the trading block. I mean, I listen. I offered you a great fucking trade. I know. I haven't had a chance to look at him, but I'm going to. He hasn't looked at I know I, he's, he's looking at a single trade. I withdrew, I so it doesn't no, matter. I have been looking. No, mine's still there. If I thought it was worth the goddamn, who is? It was literally Sam Howe. You don't even have a second quarterback. Well, I got like a second. I have a first and a third quarterback. Wait, who's your other QB, Doc? Uh, it's fucking. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that. Well, side way to that. Sit Derek Carr. I have him as a sit on my list right here. Oh yeah, definitely. Has not looked good all in the four games he's played. And the Patriots defense, they did trade for J.C. Jackson as Christian Gonzalez is out for the year. 
Also, it looks like Matthew Judy. Tough, wa- tough loss to Chris, or, um, Christian Gonzalez, too. Hey, cue up my defensive pl- defensive rookie of the year now, Devin Witherspoon. Didn't say how he's going to do it, Ooh. but damn sure looked good against the Giants. A couple sacks, yeah, pick six. So. There goes mine. There you go. Hey, mine's looking good now. As long as he doesn't get hurt, he's he's looking solid. So, but and also real quick, boys, the wild card for the baseball playoffs is officially wrapped up. All teams won today, two zero in their series. The Rangers advance. They're playing the Baltimore Orioles. The Twins advance the first time since two thousand and two that they have made it past or they won a, a, a playoff series. They'll be playing the Houston Astros, so go Twinnies there. The Diamondbacks also won. They'll be playing the Los Angeles Dar- Dodgers NL West matchup. And in the NL East rematch of last year's division series, the Braves and the Phillies as the Phillies took out the Marlins. So the Phillies are hot. The Braves are hot. I think the winner of that series is going to get to the series for the NL, boys. I think it's going to be that case. Philly might make another run again. I don't think they're getting past yeah, the Yeah, I making the run this year. They look dominant yeah. all year. They're the one seed uh, for the AL. They are. Let's right? well, go. Let's go. I think the series with the Rangers. That Rangers series is going to be tough, though. It, it, it's going to be a tough series. I think the O's are going are gonna to get blown out in the first round. Against the Rangers? Yeah, I think uh, the O's are just a very young team. Huh? You just said because I'm an Orioles fan. No, 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 no. I think that I think it's just going to be a new atmosphere for the Orioles. And I think this is like, you know, this is going to be their breakout yeah. year. And I think it's been that, a while since they've been good. Yeah, I think it's just going to be an early exit with a new team, with, with a young team, with an inexperience, you know, as far as playoff atmosphere and all that. And I think that if they do, you know, if they do lose it this year, I mean, next year they're going to come back fierce. And now they're going to have that experience of playing in October and. I think next year will be significantly different, but it, it's you see it all too often in MLB that that first round as as high expectations and and solid finish in the MLB that first round exit is all too familiar for those teams. Yeah, Chris, good luck to your Astros. I know you're just an Astros fan because of Bregman, but good luck to the fuck the Astros. Team. If I got to pick one, I hope the Orioles drop fucking logs all over the well, Astros' the faces. Twinnies. The the Twinnies play them, and this is going to be the one time I root for Carlos Correa. He better fucking show up like he doesn't. Yeah, the fuck the cheat throws. Carrera's part <laughs> of that team. A bitch. Altuve's Carrera's... a bitch. You're a bitch, dog. You're a bitch. Oh my God, dude, we're getting shots okay. fired. On the <laughs> personal. Getting personal in here. Fuck the fucking cheat throws, dude. Pull out the trash can. I'd rather see the Cubs win. No, I can't even say that. The Cubs are the only team in the MLB that I would want to see win less than the cheat throws. Nah, I feel you. I'd rather have the Astros probably win than the Red Sox, but I'd probably wish the game, the series just gets canceled, to be honest. Yeah. I would just hope that, like, well, I, nothing that I can say on air, but. Maybe keep it for Call of Duty talk, like yeah, always. Yeah, we'll keep it for Call of Duty. But, boys, great episode. You know, big games this weekend. The, the divisional series for baseball starts. It's coming up. NFL Sunday, NFL Thursday for Doc. Hey, Doc has going to have a nice Sunday. He gets to just sit back. And, and watch relax. football, and then yeah, he'll call yes. me Sunday night and sit there and say, "I'm done with fucking football for the fifth week in a row." Yep, as his fantasy team probably loses, and he's playing Ali this week too, undefeated. So good luck, Doc. Good luck, Doc. Yep, uh, won't need it. It ain't gonna help. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get fucking shit canned. You know it is what it is. He's got bye week players, so I mean, you should win that. You only have DK on the start bye of the bye week. Yes, and I was telling this already, to Rizlov. Already feeling next, it. Next year in Dynasty, it's it could be a shit show because we don't know what bye weeks are going to be like yet. So it could be everyone. You might have a fucking half your team out on one bye week next week. Next I hope Rizlov has like eighty percent of his team on like week seven. I I think I would personally rather more than half my team be on a bye week. Just take yeah, that just, first out. Yeah, take that one. Take that one, and then take you go the rest out. of the year. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't make you guys play. Like, I mean, if you guys can't fit players, obviously, because of bye weeks, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, you have to play somebody. You, like, you're not going to drop your players. That's just – you're going to have to sit there and take the L. Oh, I'm 100%. I'm playing a, I'm playing a bye a bye team. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'll, I'll I mean, put I'm guys pretty... in there and try and get points. Doc put up a whopping 36 points between his quarterback and tight end <laughs> this week. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. I pretty much – I you can still win. I pretty much had two people on bye week, week one, and I still beat Doc, so. I mean, I beat Doc last week. 
and he got I got my first win in redraft too. Thank you, Doc. I mean, Seahawks defense, Devin Witherspoon, your former corner out of Illinois, fucking beast out there, man. Got me the dub. Your supporter, Doc. Just and giving people wins. I, I almost went and fucking to Walmart and bought a Seahawks cheap jersey just to fucking be happy. You know, they got me my win. I was that close, man. You all right, Doc? Yep. Well, that's the way we're going to end this show. Like I said, we have a lot of football to look forward to this weekend. Football starts tomorrow for the NFL, so today when you hear the show. So that's Chris Combinehart. Good luck to the Tigers. Good luck to the Saints. That's Luke Rule. Good luck to UCF. Good luck to those Ravens. And good luck to the Orioles, too. And Doc, good luck to the Bears. Good luck to Florida State. I'm Mark Davis. It's all about the Boss Podcast. The we're out. Thank you for checking out another episode of All About the Balls Podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners and supporters of the Sack House. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Sack House.